Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative. I guess you could call this our uh, Christmas episode. Happy Kwanzaa. I think, we forgot, I think uh, we forgot to... Uh, what? What happened? You know, we didn't have what? The, uh, that Hawaiian song. It's in the old, Mel- old audio. Don't have Melikaliki Maka on here anymore. Don't. We can sing it. No. Melikaliki um, Maki is the thing we say. <laughs> he doesn't even know the words. I don't know the words. It's it's Hawaiian. What am I supposed to do? Uh, I think we for I think it, I think we forgot to wish our uh, our Jewish friends a, a happy Hanukkah. So I, I don't know if it's if it's uh, a good thing to say happy belated Hanukkah, but here we are. Well, it's like eight uh, days yeah. long. It's, it's still happening, right? It's oh, it's over. It's over. I blew it. I missed it. Hanukkah's over. Yeah, we fucked it up. It's okay. What about uh, Kwanzaa? Can we still say happy believe, Kwanzaa? I believe that just started a few days ago. How white it's are we? more than one oh, day. Yeah. And we are we are horribly uh, how white the fuck do we, I guess we, Well, I mean, I guess we do get 25 days of Christmas on ABC <laughs> Family. So it's to celebrate it's to celebrate the false birth of Christ, Corey. That is what the, that is what Christmas is. As Kwanzaa as, starts, as, as, as Bell hops in and has his fucking pagan tree behind him with his that's fucking. Right. <laughs> anyway, Kwanzaa I love everybody. The day after Aww. Christmas, December twenty sixth until the New Year's all right. Day. All right, fair enough. Well, I Kwanzaa is December twenty sixth, the New Year's Day. Yeah, we are uh, we are horrible white said? colonialists. Yes, uh, we're we're horrible white colonialists for not knowing these things, Corey. We're oh fuck, Dan! Like, if I decide to say I'm going to celebrate Kwanzaa, is that cultural appropriation? Yeah, you can't win. You're fucked either way. Can't forget the dates. Can't celebrate it. Well, that's been our show. Good night, everybody. As yeah, we Corey's, uh, in- sad. Corey's a sad boy in- now. As we inject ourselves into the culture wars, I did hear something about like the creator of Kwanzaa was not like the nicest guy. I don't remember what the uh, it was. There something like with slaves? Didn't he like own slaves or something? Yeah, not, something like now, that. Now look up the look up the creator of Kwanzaa and yeah, the controversy like the nicest, surrounding him. Wasn't like the nicest man. Anyway, I think there's something to do with um, slaves in there. Anyway, you know what else I slaves. heard, Dan? What's up? I heard that. The Absurd Podcast is found on all social media podcast platforms. Our website is absurdashow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, oh, and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter at Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Our TikTok <laughs> videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe Don't get today. bogged down by all the haters out there. Yeah, I'm just not going to get bogged down by all the haters out there. I just can't believe... How much of an American treasure George Santos has become. Just fantastic. He's not doing anything in good faith. He's obviously a horrible grifter and probably not a good person. But my God, he just wants to burn Congress to the ground. 
So I, I got to tell you, there's part of the reason I love him. What do you got for us, Bell? Maulana Karenga is the man that invented Kwanzaa. Um, I'm just going to read you this little paragraph here. Sweet. Born in Parsonburg, Maryland, to an African-American family, Karenga studied in, at Los Angeles City College and the University of California, Los Angeles. He was an active... He was active in the black power movement of the 1960s, joining the Congress of Racial Equality and Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in 1965. So hold on. Let me stop you for a second. Does was yeah, because is it wasn't he like um like a rival group to the Black Panthers or something like that? Like a very similar movement, but it was like a rival it, group. In 1965, Karanga and Hakeem Jamal co-founded the Black Nationalist Group U.S. organization, which became involved in violent clashes with the Black Panther Party by 1969. There it is. In 1971, he was convicted of felony assault, torture, and imprisonment, false imprisonment of women. He denied involvement and claimed the prosecution was political in nature. Karanga was imprisoned in California's men's colony until he received parole in 1975. In 1966, Karanga notably created Kwanzaa, modeling the holiday after the African first fruit traditions. The rituals of the holiday promote African traditions, including the seven principles of African heritage. So is this like one of those, you know, you can still you can don't don't judge the art by the artist. (laughs) Kwanzaa school, uh, but the guy who created it maybe yeah, not. Yeah, seventy-one. So Krango was sentenced to one to ten years in prison on counts of felony assault and false imprisonment. One of the victims gave testimony on how Karanga and other men tortured her and other and another woman. The woman described having been stripped naked and beaten with an electrical cord. Karanga's estranged wife, Brenda Lorraine Karanga, testified that she sat on the other woman's stomach while another man forced water into her mouth through a hose. Cool. Oh. So happy Kwanzaa. I don't know. <laughs> Did we just do that? Did we really just do that? Did we do what? What we just did. <laughs> I think we, we did. did. I just I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. So the only thing that I'm surprised about that, because like for real, like every single historical figure has like skeletons in their closet. Demons. You know, yeah. Shit. If you dig deep enough. The only thing I'm truly surprised at here is the fact that when was Kwanzaa created? It was like in the, the 60s? 70s. I just 60s, pictured that 70s. being an a uh a holiday 1966. that was really old. Yeah, I, I just pictured that being an old holiday like Christmas well, or ba- Easter. It's based or... off of an it's based off a, a, a traditional African tradition. I'm not going to shit on it too bad. I don't know that much about it other than what Bell just read and like what I had heard. You know, who knows what's who knows what's true when it comes right, it's to It's like we all love Ford cars, but come to find out the creator of them was a Nazi. So yeah, so it's a I can't and a judge anyone anti-Semite. For, yeah, so I can't judge anyone for still celebrating Kwanzaa, even though the guy who did it first was like force feeding people water because he assumed they were thirsty, maybe if I want to give him a benefit of a doubt. <laughs> I didn't hey, mean to remove myself. I didn't just mean, to mean how. Hey, what's up, guys? Didn't, oh. did, didn't mean to remove myself from the feet. I was, I was like, who's that cough. handsome? Who's that handsome gentleman? That didn't go well. Uh, anyway, Corey, what did uh, what did you learn in school this week? Ooh, you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to get a little psycho now. Other than boy. the fact that the guy that created Kwanzaa may have been a complete fucking asshole. Yeah, I learned that today. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so what I learned this week is that the shamans of like the Amazonian tribes and different tribes like that we're talking have been around for thousands and thousands of years and like the Amazonian jungles and places like that are the true unsung heroes of our medicines used today. That roughly like 25% of all the medicine today is based on plants from the Amazonian rainforest. And these were all plants that at different uh, shamans and stuff in those areas have been using for thousands of years to help people with things like Crohn's disease, uh, chronic back pain, um, even like diabetes and things like that, like chronic autoimmune conditions. These shamans have been administering different medicines that they just you know, concoct through the plants and stuff from around, from their surrounding areas down there. And some of their medicine is like so well, like, or do, has such a good success rate that there is now a, gr- a group called plant med who is building medical clinics who are going to collaborate with some of our Western doctors and they're going to work with shamans and figure out other medicine and therapeutic, uh, and like, uh, holistic therapies i guess use the words i'd want to use to help people with their chronic illnesses and stuff and that like they only really uh, and like what's crazy about it is to me is these type of different medicines that these shamans have been using is just basically all through like word of mouth and oral uh like passed down orally <laughs> the wording of that is really mm, yeah but like, there's We're no. We're gonna be talking no, about Jeffrey Epstein later, Corey. Studies. There's no like peer-reviewed studies and experiments and all this stuff. It's just when you ask these shamans, like, how did you know that this medicine was gonna be good for you? A lot of them say, "Well, the 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 plants told us," because a lot of them are big into ayahuasca and things he like that. Shit. That's what they say. And uh, yeah, they're basically the unsung heroes of Western medicine, and they're not getting their. Uh, royalties from it which i understand i don't know how you give royalties to a small tribe in the middle of nowhere yeah, because but it's just when the when the money when the money gets involved all of a sudden like shamanism and um, it goes yeah it goes away i guess you could call it like natural healing or whatever it becomes quackery and let's be honest like in in western civilization like what we've done to shamanism there is a lot of quackery uh, just look at how chiropractic care was invented and there's still a shit ton of chiropractors who are absolute fucking quacks. Like I, I've, I saw a chiropractor for a lot of years and like, I see the benefit to like getting your spinal alignment adjusted for like things like back pain or whatever. But when the, when the chiropractor goes, I can cure your allergies if you come get adjusted three times a week. Or like if uh, it, like I'll make your cancer go away by adjusting your spinal alignment. Yeah, yeah so that's what a little bit. Yeah, so it it is losing you, but there's stories like for example, I'm on Huffington Post. This guy named Pishia, uh, he was struggling with uh, chronic. He had Crohn's disease. You know the the shit. With, they're not yeah. Crohn's disease is your stomach, right? Yeah, and. Uh, he went to the top Crohn's clinics in the world and then saw the top doctors in the world and none of them could help him. But then he went down to the Amazon 
And there's a, and he says that there's a curative quality to the plants and the jungle that you really need to be there in that environment to experience. And I think it really does work. Like he was talking about how he feels better after this, but like this article says the potential medicinal resources of the Amazon, especially the 80,000 plants native to the region and the shamanic knowledge that often exists only in oral form among the disappearing tribes remains largely untapped. Despite the fact that 25% of modern pharmaceuticals are derived from the rainforest plants, Currently, less than 1% of tropical plants have been analyzed for medicinal purposes. And these guys are out there just fucking just going, here, take this. You might see some crazy shit for a couple of days, but you're going to feel better after. And so the reason why I'm even thinking about this is I'm reading this book called The Cosmic Serpent right now. And it's talking, it's this anthropologist, and he's talking about like the uh, how these uh, old tribes and stuff like that out there they were drawing thousands and thousands of years ago, essentially chromosomes and DNA and all these different things because they're just tripping absolute fucking balls. The double <laughs> helix. Yeah. The double helix of, and there would always be two snakes, but like when they describe it, what's crazy is they describe like light emitting from it and stuff like that. And then we didn't find out until the sixties, what DNA actually looked like with microscopes with Western science. And we recently found out that, DNA actually gives off photons, which is light. And these motherfuckers are just over there just eating plants and getting all fucked up and seeing this shit and just not knowing <laughs> what it was and then just drawing it on the caves and then giving these plants to their friends and curing them of their illnesses. <laughs> well, no, that's that, that's actually not that's not that crazy because you hear you hear more and more like if you if you had been having this discussion with me 10 years ago, I would have been like, Corey, fuck off enough with your stupid shamanic quackery. But we are starting to see like, yeah, I saw like a Western, psycho now, right? Yeah, actually. But no, but not not if you not if you think about recent years, because you 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 get you're getting more and more even like um, I guess you could call them like traditional uh, Western medical uh experts yeah. talking about like the advantages of things like psilocybin to cure, cure ptsd um, ptsd that kind of thing or like um like ibogaine right there's it's i believe ibogaine still illegal in the united states but like that's been used in various different ways to cure things like ptsd ketamine. and other psychological ketamine to cure psychological more disorders but still yeah uh, yeah r.i.p R. Uh, matthew perry by the way uh <laughs> is that what took him out that's why that was that was what I saw a couple of days ago. It was a bad reaction or a that is one drug I've never done. That's what I've the medical at, examiner said. Ketamine. Well, so so it could be bullshit, but that might be like I've been though. at different like parties and different raves. Like I grew up like in the Detroit rave scene a little bit and then definitely experimented with a bunch of different stuff. But I would see people on ketamine and like they, the people are all fucked up and they're like walking like sideways and they get into these things called K-holes and they're all like weird and contorted. And I was like, that don't, just does don't not look like fun to me. Don't touch my K-hole ever. <laughs> I'll, I will report you to the Epstein police for touching my K-hole. I Go never touch your K-hole, brother. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just found it interesting. And like, and what's interesting about all this stuff is it's finally actually starting to be looked at like like seriously versus you know like you said 10 years ago the person that would be saying this wouldn't be like someone that has any sort of like credibility to him it'd be a fucking wook some guy in a fucking tie-dye uh hoodie smelling like dog shit and deep and telling you about this 
and then asking for a ride home and if he can crash on your couch for a week. Yeah. I so I guess I guess the problem is that anytime you have these sort of like possible medical breakthroughs like these outside of traditional western science medical breakthroughs you always have grifters you always have people spewing a lot of bullshit and like so i expect for that to be the case it's right, and like and what it's crazy to me too is because like these people like they're not wrong but it's like their delivery is like nah bro listen the plants they just know dude <laughs> <laughs> and it's like all right man <laughs> Just talk, talk to the trees, man. Talk to the trees. Yeah, dude. Just touch a tree. <laughs> Go touch mm. grass, bro. You got to have your bare feet on the ground once a day. You'll feel better. Even though getting grounded, like stuff, shit like that, like being barefoot and getting grounded is good for your immune system and stuff like that. But I got a little bit of hippie in me, damn. But I also I work a full time job and have a family to. To provide for so you're 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 like part hippie and then like part colonizer so we're we're good we're still we're still in the we're still in the western hemisphere <laughs> are you ready for what i are you ready for what i learned this week Corey? i guess so i learned <laughs> mine is not nearly as profound as yours although maybe it is it depends on i guess who you're talking to i learned this week that alex jones is maybe the world's best teacher in critical listening skills without anybody even knowing it. We had this discussion a little bit yesterday when you came to my place, Corey, and we we did some show prep. I about, beat his ass in pool. He did. Uh, it's weird. A couple times. The way, you, can, you can actually see the pool table behind my, I guess that's my left shoulder, but maybe my right shoulder on the screen. Yeah, my, my pool table. Yeah, it's yours for now. You want to you pick it up and take it home? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so alex jones was on michael malice's podcast he's actually kind of been making the rounds a little bit since he's been uh, since elon's let him back on twitter um he's like weirdly become relevant again and so i've listened to alex jones and like long form conversations on like joe rogan's podcast and wherever else i don't typically watch Infowars. i think it's a ridiculous show i'm not like a alex jones fanboy or anything like that but i do find him to be an interesting figure. And so I like to listen to him when he's the guest. I don't necessarily like to watch his show because it goes off the rails and, you know, typical Alex Jones, right? So Alex Jones might be the world's best teacher in critical listening skills. And the reason I say that is because I've tried to take the time when I listen to this man speak to really listen to what he's saying. Because Alex Jones will do this thing where he like sandwiches like two things that are true around something that is complete bullshit and what everybody runs with all of his haters and all of the you know the establishment people that don't like him and for good reason uh that's the thing that they run with like they're sitting there talking about he's sitting there talking with michael malice about and i'm paraphrasing here because i don't have it in front of me or remember exactly what was said but they're sitting there talking about like you know government surveillance and, and he'll say this one thing that's true that we've probably talked about on this show that a lot of other people that we respect talk about on this show. And then he'll say something like, uh, everybody knows that since 2021, there's been kill switches in cars and every American made car in the, in the world. And then he'll say something else that's true. And that thing in the middle was complete bullshit. And like the thing that, so you have to, when you're listening to this man speak, you have to really listen to what he's saying because you're going to get fact, bullshit, fact, bullshit, truth maybe partial truth bullshit and it's like and and i don't even think it's necessarily his fault because 
I think that he has just been so ingrained in this world for so long of just like trying to take down the establishment that he's just fallen down the wormhole so far that he yeah, would just would absolutely say, believe anything he finds. I would even say that example wasn't even that of a good one based on the conversation we're going to have about kill switches later. But yeah, right. like he would, he would say things like, uh, I'm sick and tired of them putting chemicals in the water to turn the frogs gay. You know, and which it's is like partially true. What, like, which is partially true. true, but he yeah. makes it sound like they're just doing it. Like some guys just go up. Oh, uh, all right, what time is it? Six o'clock. It's uh, well, we gotta go. We gotta go put the gay elixir in the pond. yeah. Go put the gay elixir in the pond. No, it's it's a second, third, and fourth consequence. But so, and so, what do we always say, Dem? Don't chalk up anything as nefarious that can easily be explained away as incompetence. Yes, yes, anything that can, yeah something like that but like you understand what i'm saying about like <laughs> alex jones alex jones doing a great job of just teaching people critical listening skills because you really and then like on top of it he talks he talks so fast of turning the frogs gay and then there's kill switches in cars and he's and like he like moves from subject interdimensional subject, child so, molesters uh, there's, there's, there's space inter, demons there's interdimensional child molesters and there's a there's a there's a, a, a basement a dungeon and a pizza shop like the, like he, he he talks so fast and he and he mixes so much truth with so much bullshit you really have to pay attention to what he's saying. So because of that, Alex Jones might be the best teacher in critical listening skills in the world, in the world. And he doesn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring Bell in. What did Bell learn this week? Hmm. This you week, thanks are great. I learned a lot of stuff this week, but. Bell did one of the wanted to put his flag, his American flag upside down or right side up, so he just put it sideways. Mm-hmm. It's the only way it looked good, man. You know? That's fair. I need another is flag. Your, I need to get Bell my pride is, flag right there. Yeah, you gotta have And then I need to get more. my I gotta get my blue, blue flag. Yes, my thin blue line flag somewhere in here. And then I gotta get mm-hmm. my Punisher logo somewhere. I don't know. But is what your, I learned Bell, with, before before you tell us what you learned this week, is your American or is your camera mirrored? Because no. from, from our no, angle, the, yeah, it is. No, it's not. No, because no, it's the, not, because I, the, I can the, read the text. Yeah. Oh, the the stars on the flag are on the wrong side. But are you? Thr- <laughs> uh, no, actually, they're not. They're not. So if I'm standing up, if I'm standing up, like if you were to put somebody in a casket, I know this. You would put the stars over the left shoulder. Yeah, but that's not how it's supposed to be. So it is mirrored. No, I guess that is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it is mirrored. Because if it wasn't mirrored, if it wasn't mirrored, you wouldn't be able to read the text. So the stars are on the left side, right? When you turn around and look at it. This is my left. Okay. So it is mirrored. Mm. We're we're good. Bell's good. He put the stars on the correct side. We're good. I know know what I'm doing. Well, all of our shit is mirrored, (laughs) man. I do that shit. I'd be putting flags on veterans, sons. Put your left hand up, Dan. Go right now. Put your left hand up. Yeah, your shit's mirrored too. Get out of here. That's what I mean. Everybody's mirrored. We're good. We're good. We're golden. Anyway, what did Bell learn this week? Fuck yourself. Well, without without getting into too much, I learned who Fat Leonard was this week when Biden acquired him in a trade. Fat Leonard, look Um, it up. Yep, look it up. You right at the deadline too. It's amazing. It's just like the Red Wings Uh, need a goalie maybe before the deadline, so it's great. Go ahead. Um, anyway. Right at the but, deadline, America acquires Fat Leonard. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny because Corey, like two years ago, called and said the United States are going to try to get in good relations with Venezuela. 
in order to uh, suck the oil out of the earth from there. And uh, clairvoyant. Uh huh. And that's kind of what's happening with this deal. Um, Biden released, or you know, got rid of some sanctions against Venezuela, so now they can trade their oil. In return, we got ten jailed Americans and Fat Leonard, who. Yep. Oh yeah. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) The sound bites and music throws everyone off every time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So (laughs) he uh, was bribing U.S. Navy officials over in Asia, giving them prostitutes and money and luxury items and all kinds of bullshit in exchange for classified U.S. intel on Navy ships and whereabouts of, you know, United States government and Asian waters. America's like, well, ships move. They're not there anymore. The information he has is bad. We need that yeah. sweet, sweet black crude. Mm, Got to have that oil. So I learned that. that. I learned all that why do you this th- week. And why do you think that is, Bill? I'll tell you why. I don't even need your answer. That's a rhetorical question. <laughs> it's a, We're coming up on an election year. Biden's doing everything he can to make gas prices as cheap as he possibly can. And that's not sure. a Biden thing. Before anybody's like, oh, you're just shitting on Biden. What about what Trump did? It's like yeah, every Trump fucking president. Shit. Every fucking president does this in an election year, especially mm-hmm. when they're running for re-election. They try yeah. to make any anything they can do to make gas prices as cheap as they possibly can make them. Word. Word to the streets Fat. of Venezuela. Fat yeah, I mean, I'm down for cheap oil. Uh, Corey, you have we have a story that we're going to start with tonight that you have been wanting to talk about for like six weeks. I think now is probably the time to actually do it because we're we're coming down to the deadline. Um, and it has to do, I'll set it up, I guess, real quick. And then I'll, yeah. So I don't know any updates. Yeah. You set it up because was this bill voted on? Yes. So the, uh, quote unquote, uh, kill switch provision. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. Hang on. I had an article here. Uh, where did it go? Just I think it it is. Um, I guess not, but I can, I can, I can summarize this anyway. So it's, it's, it's another example of why the way, Congress does bills is fucking atrocious, right? Because uh, Biden comes out with his infrastructure bill and everybody goes, oh my God, money that's going to be used for bridges and highways and uh, gas lines and, and byways on highways and all this in my ways and, and all the byways. Wonderful stuff. Like we're actually going to spend money on our own house. As opposed to like shipping it to Ukraine or Israel or Afghanistan or or that this that sounds great. Every American should love this. But within this bill, there is a uh, a provision that states, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Corey. I think I'm paraphrasing this correctly. Uh, that states that uh, American auto manufacturers must have a kill switch installed into a uh, all all newly. Uh, made vehicles by 2027 and the reason for this is because well it's just going to make the roads safer Corey. we can shut you know if 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 the car reads that you're driving erratically and may be impaired not drunk but maybe impaired uh it can just shut it down it's going to make it's going to make things really really safe out there on the highways and so yes this provision has been passed 
because it's in the infrastructure bill. It's not signed into law yet. That's supposed to be voted on sometime early in January. So as you can tell here on, uh, we're recording this on December 20th, 2023. We're 2023. Getting, getting to the point where this bill is going to be voted on very quickly. And uh, Thomas Massey, uh, Republican uh, representative from the 4th District of Kentucky, I believe, um, is throwing a stink up about it, as he should. And just as a side note, Corey, before you go, I think it's really, really interesting that everybody in America, it seems like, shits on Kentucky for being like this backwoods, like hillbilly place, when they might have the two biggest adults in the room in all of Congress, between Thomas Massey in the House and Rand Paul in the Senate. Yes, they also right. have Mitch McConnell, of course. But I, I just, I know, just a little side note that I found. Two out of three ain't bad. Oh, and then also, it's also worth noting is who, I'm going to let you say it because you're the one that told me this. Who is the uh, the surprising, uh, not compatriot, but the surprising, Calm the person Calm that you at least suspect that is on Thomas Massey's side in trying to block this provision? Because we have to give her credit when credit is due, don't we, Corey? We have to give I, her that's, credit. That's, that's, it's a hint. Is it is. It is a female, or at least I'm pretty sure she still identifies as female. Um, AOC. Yeah. AOC is with Thomas Massey on both, the, on both the FISA 702 thing, which we will get into. That one I know for sure, and I'm pretty sure also on blocking the uh, this provision um, for kill switches in in these cars. So yeah. yeah. So. I think it's just, I just think it's interesting because first off, I want to talk about this. I recently read, and this was actually something I was going to say for what I learned this week. It's kind of cheating because I didn't learn it this week. I learned this a couple weeks ago. Oh, fuck off. Did you seriously just switch the page on me? All right, I'm yeah, back. I We're did. back, baby. I did. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I did. Well, not you. I'm <laughs> talking to myself out loud to avoid dead air. Fact check. Uh, this is on USA Today. No, there's no vehicle kill switch in Biden's 2021 infrastructure bill. Okay. That's the headline. You have to scroll down a little bit. It talks a little bit about the uh, the tweet about it and what it's a bit about. But then it goes, our rating, false. You ready? Automobile experts told USA Today... The bill does not direct a kill switch to be implemented in cars, nor does it give any third parties, including law enforcement or government officials, access to the in-vehicle technology. Rather, the bill in question directs a federal agency, yes, a federal agency, to require <laughs> technology that would detect driver impairment and disable the vehicle in that scenario. Now explain so, no, to me what the difference is. The bill does not want to... I can't. <laughs> the bill does not direct a kill switch to be implemented in cars. Rather, the bill in question directs federal agencies to require technology that would detect driver impairment and disable the vehicle in that scenario. So the technology is there, but because the government is saying that they're not going to use it, that we're all supposed to go, oh, well, geez, duh. Guess I could take off the oh, tinfoil of hat. Yeah, it's our security, Corey. We have to be safe on the highways. Matt, Matt Mothers Against Drunk Driving is going to be very, very upset if this kill switch is not uh, installed into cars. Or I'm sorry, this, te this technology yeah, they're saying, detects impairment. Yeah, they're saying 
because it's because it's about safety it's okay it's not just a kill switch mm-hmm. but i am looking now at an article from march 8 2017 so this is six years ago and it says and the headline is what we know about car hacking the cia and those wikileaks claims so when there was a trove of documents if you remember in 2017 a trove of documents regarding the cia came out and this is when we found out about how the CIA is essentially listening to everyone through their phones, through their smart TVs and all of these different things. Right. It's a good segue and, into uh, 702, Corey, go ahead. Well, so in 2017, uh, or here it goes up uh, in, let me see if I can find it real quick. Oh, vehicles have been hacked before. So in 2015, so now we're getting back eight years ago. Security researchers Charlie Miller and Chris Valasek hacked into a 2014 Jeep Cherokee and managed to turn the steering wheel, briefly disable the brakes, and shut down the engine. The Post's Craig Timberg reported, The pair found they could also access thousands of other vehicles that used a wireless entertainment and navigation system called Uconnect, which was common to Dodge, Jeep, and Chrysler vehicles. The hack prompted Fiat Chrysler to recall 1.4 million vehicles. So did you just and contradict so, my 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 statement about Alex Jones where he said oh, there's kill switches in uh cars yes. ever since 2020? No, you did. That's yeah, why I don't think I he said, did. That's, that's why different. I said That's why I Go said ahead. I mean yeah, no, like so like they didn't officially put a kill switch in the vehicle, but the technology to hack it and do it is there. Something like Correct. this is or at least only going like to make anyway. it easier not harder right okay so almost 10 years ago hackers could hack vehicles turn the steering wheel disable the brakes and shut off the engine but it has to be the difference between like the difference between like a kill switch though and this like i'm not i'm not defending this at all i just want to make that clear but the difference between this what you're what you're describing and a kill switch is that like you need like an individual person who is a, a a capable hacker to go in and do this on an individualized basis. A kill switch implies, hey, um, I'm sensing what your car is doing. We're going to shut you down. Like it, it's almost like it's, it's almost like based on um, some arbitrary thing. Yeah. So correct. everyone in it's Michigan like, who's dodging potholes is going to be assumed drunk <laughs> and there's just going to be cars all over the road. Just stopped. That's such that's such a good point. <laughs> OK, but here's the thing is like. So if hackers could go to that yourself, let's go and add more technology to the vehicle to make it easier. And, you know, and then like, go ahead and put your tinfoil hats on. There's people like Michael Hastings who was looking into this in like 2017 and he was so paranoid about it that he said he had to get away. And he was asking his neighbor if he could borrow her like 1993 Volvo because he was, he was, uh, under the assumption and under the what's the word I'm looking for. He had suspicion that the government was hacking his vehicle. And that same night that he asked his neighbor, if she could borrow, if he could borrow her car, she said, no, it's 1am. You're fucking insane. Go back home. And this, and this he is, later this is really crashed easy. his car. Yeah. He crashed his car and witnesses and cameras say that 
there was a ball of flame from underneath the car and the car started accelerating rapidly and it crashed into a tree. And this is actually a really easy story to find for anybody listening who thinks this who thinks this is bullshit. It's to the point yeah. where I believe it's still even on Michael Hastings Wikipedia page, it is, which absolutely. is absolutely. Which is absolutely a state-run deal that apparently... This guy's a Pulitzer Prize winner. He was friends with a bunch yeah. of different uh, prominent journalists and stuff like that. But we know for sure that the, like, that the government... And if these hackers can do it, the government sure as shit can do it. Okay. And if they were able to do it in cars from 10 years ago, why would... Call, why would you call people crazy for assuming that this would be easier to happen and more likely to happen when the government is mandating people add more of this technology into their cars? Well, now you just sound like Alex Jones, Corey. You just lost Did all I? your credibility. Did I? Because <laughs> there's evidence well, of this. this is, uh, so Washington Post is also Alex Jones. Frogs gay. USA Today, when they said the quiet part out loud and their fact check is also Alex Jones. <laughs> that was pretty good wasn't it don't get bogged yeah. down by all the haters out there thank you george uh yeah so that that also it's funny because that uh, that also ties into this fisa 702 thing which i don't think you know as much about but it's it's a long and we can we can continue to talk about this too Corey, because i think the two things tie together uh very very well absolutely so, no if, the government is listening and like and they're they're using like the same prominence that they do with informants, and because of your terms and services that you check on that you don't read because it would take you seventy hours to read. Is I think so the average. Of, I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up real quick. Sorry, did you? I, I didn't let you finish. No, did that's it. I was please. just saying like it's. I think the average terms and conditions, like the the duration to read them, is like seventy hours or something like that. And inside that, because oh. you're agreeing to do it, the government doesn't need a warrant to get Corey, into your shit. That's the same way that Congress votes on bills. They're like, here, yeah. you have 48 hours to read this 2,000-page bill, and then we yeah. have to vote on it. And that's exactly what, what, what happens with that kill switch provision within the, the, the infrastructure bill. And the way that it relates to FISA 702, so FISA 702 is a controversial pr provision of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, that allows the U.S. government to collect the communications of foreign persons located oh, outside yeah, the U.S. Yep. without obtaining a warrant, as long as they are reasonably believed to be involved in terrorism or other foreign activities. The purpose of the surveillance is to, is to acquire foreign intelligence information that protects American lives and national security. Don't you love that one, Corey? National right. security. But so this what is they're the saying one here, that uh, if let's say someone is a terrorist in another country and they and they're they accidentally text the wrong number and it happens to be you, mm. they can now go through all your shit. Yes. So this is I mean, this is this is Patriot Act shit, right? This is uh -huh. the, this, so the, the Patriot Act was like, hey, we're going after terrorists. And now look back to two years ago. Like, I'm no fucking far right person. I don't love Donald Trump. But do I think his supporters are domestic terrorists do i think that you know canadian truckers that don't want fucking um uh vaccine mandates and border mandates uh do i think that they're ter you see you see how they just they move the fucking ball on uh, move the goalposts on what constitutes a terrorist when mm -hmm. it comes to the patriot act like you don't think they're gonna do that with this as well and 
it, it, I mean, it even says within the FISA 702 uh, paperwork, I believe, I'm not directly quoting this, uh, but I thought I read this at some point, that they may actually collect um, uh, information on Americans, but we're, gonna, we're not going to use that. No, it may just it might it might just get caught up in the wash. We're not going to use that. So it's like you, they set this thing up just like they did with the Patriot Act, where oh, it's for your security, it's to protect you against terrorists and and now you know cyber terrorists. And it's like we know where this goes. We've seen this already. The goalposts will be moved to fucking spy on you. Absolutely, without with without a warrant. This is an absolute fucking violation knowing. of the Fourth Amendment. Yes. This is an absolute violation of the Fourth Amendment. There's no universe in which it's not. It's fucking bullshit. And the fact that it is just tied in to a bill that you're that you're supposed to go, oh, that bill sounds cool. This is how they do this shit. And this is why I even agree with people like, you know, Jacob Chansley, the, the, the quote unquote QAnon shaman, who goes, yeah, we just want single issue voting. <sighs> Q-tard. Yeah, yeah, Q-tard. So the constitutionality of FISA 7 and 2 has been challenged by several lawsuits and legislative proposals arguing that it violates the Fourth Amendment rights of Americans, which it does, whose communications are incidentally collected by the government. So by accident, right? However, all federal courts to date have found that Section 702 is constitutional based on the interpretation that it only targets foreign nationals with no substantial connections to the U.S., and that and that it and it does not allow intelligence agencies to target Americans. Uh, Congress has also enacted several reforms on oversight measures to limit the scope and use of Section 702, such as requiring more transparency, accountability and judicial review. So it's like, hey, every time we do this, we're going to send it through a, 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 a fucking horrible judicial bureaucratic system to determine whether or not it's right on a case by case basis. Is the way I read it. That's the way I read it. I don't. I don't know that that's exactly what's what's going on here. But like, no, like I, I don't want this, and no American should want this because it's it's it's, 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 it's they're using this freedom doesn't on, work. They're using they're using spying on foreign nationals who may be a threat to get and, that foot in the door, and we've and we've already seen that like ninety nine percent of the time when they do this bullshit. It turns out that um, the people that they're quote unquote targeting are not terrorists. Yeah. And I just had a quick going. I'm sorry to completely disregard everything you just said and going back to what I was talking about. But I just had don't a, another get bogged thought. down by all the haters out there. I had another thought regarding like, well, this or so I guess it's pertinent to this, but this or the uh, the kill switch thing. That even if the government isn't using this, right? Let's talk about third parties. Leaks and hacks happen all the time. We're just going to make it easier for foreign agents to hack our cars and crash them or hack all of our personal data and all of our information and use it for whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to it's it's interesting because it almost feels like the federal government should use that as a reason not to do this. Yeah. Cuz right it's, it's an issue of national security, right? Like if we make it to where quote unquote foreign nationals 
can just hack into our cars and shut them down. Hey, look, brother, them. I'm just going to give myself a 1969 folk GTO carb. Uh, uh, Have it be yeah. carbed. Yeah, drive right. that brother around and flip yeah. off all the fucking libtards who are out there telling me that I'm killing the earth. <laughs> yeah, so you got you got the kill switch provision, you got FISA 702, and these are both things that, that uh, Thomas Massey is fighting against, and um, God bless him for it. And AOC. And AOC, that's right. You can't forget AOC in that in that in that one because she is on the right side this time. And you got to give her credit when when she deserves it. And she does. In fact, um, Thomas Massey was talking on uh, Dave Smith's podcast a couple of days ago. I don't know. Earlier this week, I believe. And um, he had mentioned that I can't remember if he said that she approached him or he approached her. But either way. Um, Thomas Massey told AOC that you have to be prepared for the backlash you're going to get for this. Like mother, mothers against drunk driving are going to hate you for this. You know, th- these, these, these groups that you think are with you are going to hate you for this. And like, that is what makes Thomas Massey to me a like legitimately good person doing a shitty person's job because He's a warning his a person that's supposed to be his political enemy, right? It's supposed to be this person that he can't agree with on anything, but because he's sticking by his principles of stopping a fucking security state, he goes, I don't give a shit what AOC thinks about like who should go to the bathroom no, and what bathroom. What she thinks about car fires or cow fires. <laughs> yeah. Like she's on the right side with this. And like, I would hope, that somebody like AOC, I don't have any faith that this will happen, will look at what Thomas Massey did in that situation and go, oh, yeah, this is how we're supposed to govern, like on our on actual principle, which is what Thomas Massey does, which is what Rand Paul does, which is what very few people in Congress do. That's why I have a respect for guys, for guys and girls like that. Guys and dolls. Guys and guys and gals. Guys and dolls. Dames and dolls. And yeah, I, mean, I guess just to close it dames. out. Guess I guess just to close out, like that's what we should be demanding. Like disagreement is fine. That's that's going to happen. It should happen in government. It's healthy for that to happen in government. But the blind following of whatever your donors want is is the issue, as we know. Go Thanks. fuck yourself. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Elon. We needed that. Oh God! You know what, Corey? Speaking of um, people that are just so morally on the right side, good Trump, bad Trump. We got some good Trump, bad Trump for you. Wait, he's morally on the right side? Oh, of course, yes, absolutely. He's the he's the best. He's the absolute That's, absolute best. That's a bold statement, Dan. Can you sense the fucking sarcasm? Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. <laughs> Thank you again, George. He's been, he's really been vocal tonight. Um, So (laughs) go fuck yourself. (laughs) Donald Trump. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. For a couple of different reasons. Uh, I'm trying to find my notes here. Uh, You find those notes. uh, There it is. So earlier this week, it was because of his agenda 47 videos, which are hilarious and absolutely hypocritical. 
And then in more recent days, he's in the news because he's been removed from the Colorado ballot for now uh, in the Republican primary. So we have two ways of discussing Donald Trump tonight and what it means, what it actually means uh, to democracy. So Donald Trump was removed from the Colorado ballot under the grounds of the 14th Amendment that he, quote unquote, incited an insurrection. So here's what's interesting about that, in my view. He wasn't indicted on charges of uh, putting forth an insurrection. He wasn't charged. He wasn't booked. He wasn't jailed. The reason is because the DOJ all along knew that that they just didn't fucking have him on that charge because January 6th was not an insurrection. January 6th was a riot that was at least partially, partially, I would say, uh, perpetuated by the feds. But the other part of it, I don't think it's just that simple for folks on the right who like to say, or Donald Trump supporters who like to say it was completely planned by the federal government. I think there is an element of that, but also a bunch of idiots that decided that they were going to go, quote unquote, save our democracy. That is not by an insurrection. squatting in the Capitol. By squatting in the Capitol. That is not an insurrection. <laughs> yeah, if I'm here the for 14th Amendment. Days. The 14th Amendment was was designed to not allow um, actual insurrectionists from the Civil War to hold office in the United States of America. And if you are going to compare what happened on January 6th, even with what came out of Donald Trump's mouth, and I have admitted on this podcast multiple times that what he said was certainly irresponsible, okay? not I'm not a fan of what he said on that day and the lack of action that he took after uh, the, 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 the riots started to take place. But if you were going to compare that to 600,000 American deaths during the Civil War, you're fucking insane. If you think that those two things are anywhere close to the same thing. To, to sit here and tell me that Donald Trump as much as I can't stand him, as much as I don't want to see him be the 47th president of the United States, he did not incite an insurrection. Fucking relax. And what you've done now by removing this man from the primary ballot in the state of Colorado is you have set a very, very, very dangerous precedent to where these things these snowballs always move downhill and just wait, just wait until it affects a democratic candidate and you throw your fucking hands in the air. If you're somebody who hates Donald Trump and you throw your hands, but in you the air. will. And it absolutely will. It's a horribly dangerous precedent. The, the thing is, and I think you'll agree with me on this, Corey. I don't think it's going to stand. Because we do have a uh, a conservative majority Supreme Court, federal Supreme Court, because this was the Colorado Supreme Court that that pulled him off the ballot. He's going to be back on the Colorado ballot, and and I don't care. Yeah. I don't love. The, I don't. I don't like the man. I don't want to see him elected. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's a horrible person. I think he's a horrible president. But fucking a, dude, stop trying to say you're defending democracy by usurping democracy by and taking it. this man off the ballot. No, I agree. You're kind of putting the cart in front of the horse here. Am I? Like, if he's found guilty, 100%, not you. Oh, not me. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the Colorado Supreme Court. Like, well, like you said, basically, like, the guy's a fucking idiot. His speech that day definitely, like, and it's interesting, right? Like, the speech could be taken in two ways. If you're a Trump sycophant, then by all means, that was not a call to arms. That wasn't a call to an insurrection. That was him saying, you got to fight like hell for your democracy. You have to defend democracy. Yeah. But if you're a Trump hater, that speech immediately is him calling for an insurrection. Isn't that interesting too, Corey? The fact that... Oh, go, go, go ahead. It's a very subjective... Like how people take what he said that day. And it's like, as someone who tries not to like fall, fall into the same... Uh, footsteps of a 2016 Corey that hated Trump. Uh, It's very... hmm, I'm trying to sound objective when I say this. But I guess his words were trash. Mm -hmm. Right? But was it insurrection? And like ultimately, we need people with bigger brains than we do to prove that in a court And I don't even know if there's an actual court date set on whether or not he actually tried to do insurrection. Is there? No. They haven't even brought brought charges, Corey. A Biden DOJ knew, knew that they they were never going to be able to uphold charges of Because those would not hold in a court of law. Those would would not not hold in a court of law. Legally, what Trump did was not commit an insurrection. Bell's got something to say. Go for it, buddy. All of these people that have been charged with whatever crime they have from the January 6th. None of them was insurrection. Not one of them. How do you charge Donald Trump with insurrection when you haven't charged anybody that were was actually there committing actions that you could claim to be the actions of an insurrectionist? Well, that's just it, Bell. But he wasn't charged with an insurrection either. Exactly. Right. So you can't charge. So how how does the state of Colorado use the 14th Amendment of making it uh, okay to remove somebody from eligibility for an election based on inciting an insurrection when nobody involved in January 6th was charged with, with inciting or carrying out an insurrection? Right. You could uh, 100% trespassing. 100% inciting a riot, 100% damaging government property, 100% trespassing on government property, 100%, what's the other one? Uh, um, Interrupt, I forget the actual verbiage. Interrupting a federal proceeding? Yeah, interrupting a federal proceeding. Sure, 100%. Damaging federal property, 100%. All of those things I am 100% on board with, sure but none of them were charged with an insurrection because it wouldn't hold in a court of law. And how the hell are we going to be able to charge this guy saying that he potentially maybe might've been trying to do an insurrection. And so we're not going to allow his name on the ballot. And that's, that's the other thing that's, that, that is really, really scary and disappointing to me too, is that like, Anybody who's in support of this, 
folks who hate Donald Trump, like I get why you don't want to see him as president. I don't either. Neither does Corey, neither does Bell. I don't think any of us do. Um, the fact that you've now taken that word insurrection and you've completely you fucking muddied it down. It. You muddied it down. You, you muddied you, it down just you, like you did the word Nazi, just like you did. He's like racist. Hitler, just like you did racist, terrorist, homophobe. All these different words that used to have like a powerful, like nasty, like rightfully so, a nasty connotation to him where it's like, I don't want to be called a homophobe. I don't want to be called a racist. I don't want to be called any of these things. But now we're at a point in life where if I even speak up about my political opinion, my white privilege is showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which is inheriting. Yeah. Which is alluding to racism and things like that. And it's like, if everyone's a racist, no one's a racist. If everyone's an insurrectionist, no one's an insurrectionist. If everyone's a Nazi, no one's a Nazi. I also find it interesting. Ryan Grimm brought this up uh, earlier today on Counterpoints, which I, I I found this interesting. I don't know what it means. I mean, I kind of know what it means, but I don't really know how to articulate it. The fact that um, I think there's seven justices on the Colorado Supreme Court. Um, the four that voted to remove Trump from the ballot were all Ivy Leaguers. The three that voted against removing him from the ballot uh a law school of Denver. Isn't that interesting? That is pretty interesting. Just, just interesting. I don't know what you take, take, take that however you want, both to you, Corey and Bell, and also our listeners, but just take that for what it is. Well, we see how the Ivy Leagues act. So mm-hmm. form your, form your own opinion on that. Um, do you have anything else to say about Trump being removed from the ballot? The only thing, the only other thing I have to say is that like, again, man, it's just, I cannot believe a conservative Supreme Court, I never would have said this five, six, eight, ten years ago, a conservative Supreme Court is going to hold up the way that it should again. They're going to get Trump back on the ballot, and they should. And God damn it, just go beat him. For the love of God, Like let democracy play out and go beat him and stop trying to save democracy quote unquote by, by fucking with it, it. 100%. yeah percent god damn I'm so sick of this shit yeah like it. the democrats like how about like now they're they've they've fucked themselves because they continue to back biden when we're a year away from the election but like stop picking shitty milk toast candidates you literally had a stud in the in your pocket with rfk jr but instead, because he doesn't follow your little cookie cutter bumper bull fucking staying in the lanes type shit, they completely nixed him. You had Marianne Williamson in there who would have done a pretty, probably would still do a pretty decent job, but she's just hanging out on the wings. You had a Tulsi Gabbard. You had a policy, Bernie though. Sanders. Yeah, but uh, is any of the establishment people good on foreign policy? Mm. Dude, it seems like nobody is because Vivek Ramaswamy is also just atrocious on foreign policy. I'll tell you what, right, we're just they, gonna, we're going to sit Putin down. We're going to we're going to sit Xi Jinping down, and we're going to slap them around like they're in a like a fucking uh, kindergarten class with a ruler on their knuckles. That's Vivek Ramaswamy's foreign <laughs> right. policy. Yeah, I'm just fucking idiot. Going to put him in a timeout. I actually I, there are things about Vivek I still like, but I've got my issues with him too. Anyway. Uh, shall we move on to, um, 
the other oh the other trump topic for this evening yeah there we go uh trump's right. agenda 47 right so we we did good trump badge i don't know if that was really good trump because it wasn't really good trump we didn't really praise him no, a that lot. was bad for trump it was bad for trump and he was treated unfairly like that's the thing about donald trump like he can he can be a terrible candidate. You cannot want to see him get elected. He can even be a racist and a horrible human being, but he can also be treated unfairly by the system. And that is what is absolutely happening in Colorado. And I, I, I hope that shit stops, man. Just go out and fucking beat him. So uh, bad Trump. Uh, let's let's now that we, since we kind of just defended him as we as we like to do, because we like to be fair on this show, uh, we're going to shit on him a little bit. Let's shit on Donald Trump just just a little bit. Um, his uh, horrible rhetoric from earlier this week about immigrants poisoning the blood of Americans. Don't you love that? Don't you love the and and like I don't normally up, say this. I don't normally say this because like usually when like the anti-Trump left, especially the establishment left, comes out and calls Donald Trump uh, uh, sort of being like Hitler or literal Hitler. I kind of scoff at it or worse because than Hitler. that's not usually the case or worse than Hitler. Yeah. Cause he's killed 6 million Jews. Uh, uh, th this was the most Hitlerian thing. I think Donald Trump has ever said poisoning our blood. Now with that, I will say, I feel like if you're, if you're a thinking person, you knew what he meant being like we had it's it was basically just a, a really hyperbolic way of saying we need to stop letting immigrants into our country which he's wrong about anyway he's also wrong about that uh but you know this idea of he's exactly like hitler i don't think still applies however this might be the closest thing that we've yeah, seen yeah that's pretty gross that's pretty bad that's really bad. I shouldn't even say pretty bad. That's really bad. Poisoning the blood of America. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't think there's his really much more to say about it. Or his grandpa was an immigrant, right? Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have his fucking family tree in front of me at the moment. Maybe Bell does. Uh, God, I wish this guy would just go away, to be honest. I'm with you, buddy. I'm absolutely with you. Um, but I so want it to I be like in a blaze of glory. I want it to be where everyone goes, yeah, nope, that's it. And we came close with January 6th. I remember making a it's post a weird saying. Thing. It's a I weird remember thing making, where. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. I remember go making ahead. Go, a go, go, post go, go, go. on like January 7th and I should just, and it'll pop up in a couple of days. I may remember this thing, but I, I thanked Donald Trump for never letting me down. <laughs> because I knew he was a piece of shit from day one and he continued to prove me right all the way up to his last day in office. Yeah. And it's, it's this weird, it's this weird dichotomy that I have with Trump as we sit here on, um, bright eyes is in the house. December 20th. What's up, bright eyes, uh, December 20th, uh, 2023. It's this weird dichotomy that I have with Trump, right? Because I know he's full of shit, right? I know he's this awful grifter, this narcissist that uses uh, people's emotions about, you know, uh, war or the border or, you know, the quote unquote swamp. I know that he's full of shit, but I also have this love for the fact that 
even if he's only doing it for selfish reasons, this dismantling of the federal government and the police state. Does that make sense? Like I, he's, he's not doing it for good reasons and he's not doing a really like a great job of it. But if you're paying close enough attention, you see what's going on here. And you the see enemy of your he, enemy is your friend. In a weird way. I don't ever want to say that about Donald Trump because I don't, I, I will never support this man in any way, in any political endeavor. But I also love the, I, I love that he's at least inadvertently showing the federal government's ass. I, is, does it, is what I'm saying making sense? Uh-huh. 100%. I can't st- I, I wish it was like somebody who was actually he's getting them doing to expose it in good themselves. Faith. Yeah, like we're seeing this government overreach time and time again to come after this guy. The, the whole saving... The whole saving democracy while usurping democracy thing that we just talked about, I guess, I guess in our last segment, like those are my feelings towards Donald Trump. So I do have this weird, like, I don't know, I, I, I have this, these weird sort of warm and fuzzy feelings for like, like dirty, warm and fuzzy feelings for Donald Trump, like in, in the background that I don't, I keep hidden away in like the cellar somewhere that nobody's allowed to see. <laughs> the fact that he got everyone involved. How's a yawn? Mm. Mm. It's getting late, boys. The fact that he got the, everybody involved. The fact that he got everyone paying attention to politics is a win in my book. It also exposed how stupid people are when it comes to politics. Oh, yeah, though. he exposed how dumb just everyone is. Including us for a little while, because I had TDS. I think you had oh, TDS I'm still for a little while. Dumb as shit. <laughs> Look at me. Intellectual idiots. Intellectual idiots. We're just fostering literacy. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Um. The, it's the, not ours. The other, thing about, just... the other thing about Trump was his uh is uh, Agenda Forty Seven stuff. Have you seen this? You haven't seen. Yeah. It. You haven't seen a lot of this. Uh, you've um, seen. Pull some it up. Of it. Let me see this. So I'm not going to show the video just yet, but I do have a video that everybody's absolutely going to love. Uh, but just like the bullet points on Agenda 47, which is so funny because it sounds like the Star Wars thing. Execute Order 66. Uh, Agenda 47, because he's going to be, quote unquote, the not quote unquote. If he wins, he will be the 47th president. So I think that's where the 47 comes from. Am I an idiot? No, that's right. Um, is a term used by Trump to decide or to describe his plan and to end veteran homelessness and end veteran homelessness is America, among other goals. Some of the bullet points are these. Ending welfare for illegal aliens and defending the wealth of the hardworking American families, which we know is bullshit because he shrunk. He is just as much of a contributor at shrinking the middle class as any president, both after and before him. So we know that part's bullshit. Uh, revolutionary, uh, revolutionizing higher education by shifting excessively large endowments from private universities toward a new institution called the American Academy, and we will get to that in just a moment because that's what the video is about. Um, it also involves serving as a champion for America's homeschool families on its surface. That sounds cool. I like homeschooling when it's done well. Uh, yeah, but it's lead- also done not well a lot. It's often, I agree. With that. It's <laughs> often done not well, uh, leading to great jobs by uh, creating a new trade deal with Mexico and Canada that would replace NAFTA. So it's basically just NAFTA 2.0. I don't know. Wait, he already uh, did ha- that with USMCA. It didn't go through, though, all the way, did it? I think so. 
USMCA. Returning production of essential medicines back. Hold on. Hold on. This one's great. You're going to love this one, Corey. Returning production of essential medicines back to America and ending Biden's pharmaceutical shortages by imposing tariffs and import restrictions on China. So essentially, Trump is going to use protectionist policies, which we to know make do our not work, more expensive. to make our healthcare, quote unquote, better. Protectionist policies and tariffs are bad for the American economy. They always have been. It's anti-free market. Fuck that shit, Donald Trump. Uh, calling for a death penalty for human traffickers and protecting students from the radical left and Marxist maniacs infecting educational institutions. Who the fuck even knows what that means? Uh, let's see. Uh, protecting Americans by taking on big pharma and ending global freeloading by imposing tariffs on foreign drugs. Oh, I already read that one, didn't I? Uh, or for cheaper American-made ones. No, that's a different one. Pharmaceutical shortages was the other one. But same thing. Protectionist policies that don't fucking work. Rebuilding America's depleted military. How are you going to do that, Donald? Addressing the military recruitment crisis and restoring the proud culture and honor of America's armed forces. Uh, Rescuing America's auto industry from Joe Biden's disastrous job-killing policies by banning electric cars. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> until they can complete until they can compete with gas powered cars and price performance you don't ban the electric cars like it's a fucking free like don't call yourself a free market president when you're banning a product that people want to buy <laughs> what are you even we gotta ban electric about? cars we gotta ban tiktok we gotta ban windmills you know the ones that go whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. The last bullet point of uh, of uh, Trump's Agenda 47 is to make peace with Vladimir Putin by withdrawing support for Ukraine and other countries that oppose Russia's interests. That's interestingly written. Um, I don't think that's exactly what he said. But yeah, like, I actually don't, I kind of don't hate that one. Like, sorry, no more interventionalist shit. But I want to go yeah. back to the revolutionary revolutionizing higher education by shifting excessively large endowments from private universities. I'm actually yeah, going to play me, a Dan. video. I'm actually going to play a video from uh, Donald Trump's uh, Agenda 47 videos uh, on his on his website. Hang on, I got to go back to the beginning. There we go. Oh nope. Ah, <laughs> that's a, that's oh, a great face. Oh, oh look at that picture. Look at that. We're just going to watch it in reverse. Check that shit out. Mm, yeah. Oh oh. I why the fuck can't I go all the way back? I want to go all the, I don't want to hit the the return button because I'm afraid it'll reset the page. Anyway, here we go. In recent weeks, Americans have been horrified to see students and faculty at Harvard take a leak while this is going. respected universities <laughs> expressing support for the savages and jihadists who attacked Israel. We spend more money on higher education than any other country, and yet they're turning our students into communists and terrorists and sympathizers of many, many different dimensions. We can't let this happen. It's time to offer something dramatically different. Under the plan I'm announcing today, we will take the billions and billions of dollars that we will collect by taxing, fining, and suing excessively large private university endowments. And we will then use that money to endow a new institution called the American Academy. Its mission will be to make a truly world-class education available to every American free of charge and do it without adding a single dime to the federal debt. 
This institution will gather an entire universe of the highest quality educational content covering the full spectrum of human knowledge and skills and make that material available to every American citizen online for free. Whether you want lectures or ancient histories or an introduction to financial accounting or training in a skilled trade, the goal will be to deliver it and get it done properly using study groups, mentors, industry partnerships, and the latest breakthrough in computing. This will be a truly top-tier education option for the people. It will be strictly non-political, and there will be no wokeness or jihadism allowed. None of that's going to be allowed. Most importantly, the American Academy will compete directly with the existing and very costly four-year university system by granting students degree credentials that the U.S. government and all federal contractors will henceforth recognize. I'm going to stop for just a second. You like how he, you, you like how he goes. You like how he goes. It's going to be completely apolitical. There's going to be no politics involved, but no wokeness or jihadism is yeah, going to no be jihadist. allowed. <laughs> the last time I checked, I don't think our schools are teaching jihad. I don't even know if he knows what jihad means. The Academy will award the full and complete equivalent of a bachelor's degree. In addition to help the 40 million Americans who have some college education but no degree, the American Academy will grant credit for past coursework at legacy institutions and give you the chance to complete your education at the American Academy for free and much more quickly than is now possible or available. This will be a revolution in higher education and will provide life-changing opportunities for tens of millions of our citizens. Enjoy it, learn from it, and thank you. <laughs> so he's uh, Trump endorsing, University 2.0. Yeah, Trump University 2.0, right? He's Except endorsing. going to pay for it this time. Yeah, he's endorsing. Uh, Universal college for everyone. Yeah, free college, right? Right. Was yeah. that the thing Which that, it, is yeah, a great I'm all for secondary education for everyone that is uh affordable and accessible for every American in this ever changing world. But then I'm really glad that they're not gonna teach jihad, I guess. <laughs> Can we also tell can we also talk about like the Orwellian nature of like we're going to take all of the endowments from these institutions which are yeah state run I guess but they're still like spread out enough to where they, they you could still consider them kind of individualized and we're just going to put them all into this one fucking coffer where we're going to we're we're essentially going to teach a a, a a a real state run education. He's Listen, basically taking I, I, Khan I don't Academy have, yeah, I don't have a lot of defense for our our uh, higher education, uh, our colleges right now. Um, however, like this is not a solution to the ridiculousness that we're seeing on college campuses at this. Well, time. the market's it, already taking care of this. The market's already taking care of things like this. Like, you remember the you know Khan Academy? Yes, you can get free college courses on that website and all of that stuff that you want, and. Uh, but like, what is it about him that can take such a good idea and just make it so shitty? Well, and because, <laughs> because 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 it, it's 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 the it's the branding issue, right? Like he he does a really good job 
branding himself, but he doesn't really do a good job of extending that brand. It's why Trump stakes didn't work. It's why Trump university didn't work. Cause like you look at this and you go, okay, so all of these institutions that are receiving endowments, they have massive problems, right? Which we could do Corey, we could probably do four or five episodes on why colleges are terrible. Um, but you still have this situation where you, you, you have a degree that you get from one of these schools and the name of the university on that degree is part of the market value of the degree. Now I am abs I absolutely have no problem for people that want to say it's overpriced and the market value isn't what, isn't what you were promised as you went into that institution. I absolutely agree. But if I go into a job interview and I show them a fucking uh, degree from whatever he called it, the American the Academy. American Academy. Or I show you a degree from uh, uh, Penn, or fuck, I'll even go with a smaller school. I show you a degree from uh, uh, Central Michigan Eastern University, East Carolina, or Central. Like which which one of these degrees has more value right now in the market and will have going forward. It's going to be the degree from the university. It has no market value. That's the issue with this. And it's Orwellian. It's centralizing state higher education. There's no in, there's no universe where that's not true. Now I'm the idea itself is a good idea, right? Like he was talking about like basics and accounting and different things like that. Lord knows a lot of people in this country could would we would be a better off country if everyone had a better grasp on you're, like finance. You're right. If accounting. if I can interrupt for just a second, you're right. If it were a if it were done if if it were privatized. If it were privatized, I would be I would be all for it when it's like the Khan run. Academy. Yeah, right. the state run, you like you're literally robbing Peter to pay Paul. There's still gonna be a bunch of bureaucracy. There's still gonna be now all of a sudden, like because now you're adding this subjective term of wokeness. Like what's woke? Yeah. And 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 who knows Getting where the, 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 the goalposts will move on that right. word in the next we're, six years. These colleges are making a bunch of communists, so we're gonna use our own form of communism by having the <laughs> government centralized and telling you and teaching you. Right, like it's, it's just it, it's it's so bad, stupid, yeah. But the premise of the idea is great. That's a good Trump for me. Like I like the idea of anyone having more access to, uh, uh, education. And like it's it's it, and if it was more, if it was like produced efficiently and the courses are crisp, you know, and the courses are delivered in a teachable form versus. Cause like any information you need is on the internet, right? Like I could mm -hmm. figure out how to do any sort of algorithm or any sort of coding or anything like that on the internet. But the internet itself, when you're trying to find the answers to these different things, is clunky. Cause you have to do a bunch of searching. Mm -hmm. If this makes it easier. So we're lowering bankruptcies and stuff like that. Then I would consider it a success. <clears throat> well, Corey too. And if, if but, we're, if we're, if it were, um, if it were just that he was trying to take away endowments from these institutions, I'd be like, dude, your terms are acceptable, sir, but figure out something else to do with that money other than to create like a state, like a state regulated education system that is cool with Donald Trump, our great leader. If he was just taking away and if you want to just take away endowments from these institutions and pump that money into, I don't know, our fucking infrastructure, like anything else. 
it, not sending or it overseas. Or even just, I'd be just grants, all for just this. grants like, for college. Go. Grants for community colleges. Giving giving the money to community the students as opposed to the are school, far right? different than Ivy League campuses, yeah. And yeah, and give the money to the students and let them choose whether they want to get into a trade school or a community college and things like that. The premise is great. If there is now like a new portal where you can just find education that is delivered in a, a uh, in a form that's way easier to consume than having to search shit on the internet. But the idea of like we're going to get rid of the wokeness and the communism mm. and it's like it's not political though. Corey. What what's communism? Yeah, what's what's wokeness? Like like where's the goalpost for that? Who and who decides that? Because you're going to create this system. And then the next president comes in and they might turn it on its head and make it super woke. Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. I like the idea. <laughs> but yeah, I, like, I like the idea of removing endowments from these institutions. I don't well, like what he says he's going to do with them. Yeah. When you try to like explicitly make something anti-political, you're making it very political. Every time. Every single time. Uh, Corey, we got to He's competing with DeSantis here. We have to preview something uh, because we have heard about this uh, a crowdfunded documentary. The Fall of Minneapolis. We are going to watch it. Uh, I forget the name of the woman who uh, is at the top of this, but she was a... Uh, was it Candace uh, maybe- Owens? No, 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 no. This is a different. This is a different documentary. This isn't the Daily Wire one. Um, but this was. Uh, this was. I, her name is slipping my mind right now. But she was. Uh, she's a, a, a local TV personality. We'll find it before. Uh, we'll let you know what her name is. Um, Racist she, Mick Prejudice is that her name? She, yeah. Well, that's what some people are going to say. So this. This was done by uh, a local uh, reporter in Minneapolis, who's either husband or hex, ex-husband. Um, I believe I believe they're still married. I could be wrong, but this is why I like to, you know, cover the ball a little bit. Um, husband was a is is the is or was the um, I'm sorry I don't have the details in front of me. The head of the local police union. <laughs> so that should tell you a little bit about uh, what you need to know. Bell, can you look? Can you look that up for us? Who's who's the woman who? Uh, who created the the fall of Minneapolis? She was like a local Minneapolis reporter, or any of anybody who's on the live stream. So you're saying there might be some bias. Yes, and she, her husband <laughs> is the is the the head of the, the the local police union. But what I find interesting about this is that like a lot of people that are like I don't know, I guess you could call them centrist. I guess you could call them libertarian. Like not complete fucking left or right wing ideologues that are that have a lot of good things to say about this documentary but also have criticisms of it. And so the premise of this is Liz Collins, we ex- Liz Collins. Uh, we were not, we were not uh, told the truth uh, about what happened the day that George Floyd uh, was killed by Derek Chauvin. And if you listen to even our earlier shows, when this went around, like Corey and I were unabashedly calling Derek Chauvin a murderer. We were unabashedly saying that George Floyd was murdered that day. And honestly, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, like, I've changed my opinion on that. And I might not change my opinion after watching this documentary. But what it seems is the media and the narrative may have been 
twisted to make the situation different than it really was in some way, shape, or form. If that makes sense. There's apparently oh, a ton of body. Well, there was a, ton a of narrative. Body- yeah, of course. Um, there was a, there's there's a, a ton narrative. of unreleased ton of unreleased body cam footage that's in this documentary. Um, and what I feel here's here's my prediction for for what I think we're gonna get out of this, or at least I'm gonna get out of this, Corey, and then you can tell me what you think you're gonna get out of it. I think what I'm gonna get out of it is that shocker, we weren't given the entire story. And the other thing that I think we're going to get out of this is that Derek Chauvin may have been scapegoated here. That doesn't mean that George Floyd, I want, I want to make this very clear. That does not mean that George Floyd deserved to die that day. That doesn't mean that I am like supportive of the way that either Derek Chauvin or the Minneapolis police department handled that situation. But what it does mean is that, maybe Derek Chauvin really was trained to treat George Floyd that way because apparently some of this body cam footage shows the very beginning of the interaction where George Floyd is, is, is acting erratically where he is, um, you know, telling Derek Chauvin, Hey, don't shoot me. I got shot last time, which apparently is untrue that he was never shot or, uh, at least, at least not by police. And Derek Chauvin at the very beginning of this interaction is acting pretty reasonably. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm really interested to see the film. We haven't seen it yet. Um, but I think if we're going to sit on this show and talk about how we like to talk about nuance and, and telling the full story and discussing the full story, I think it's imperative that Corey Bell and myself watch this film and we get back to you. And I expect to see, I do expect to see some pro cop bias in this as well. At the end of the day, what I think we're going to get is the Minneapolis police department and the way, and we've been saying this for a long time, Corey, the way we police in this country and the way we train our officers might be more to blame for the death of George Floyd than necessarily Derek Chauvin himself. And that's fair. And I hope that's what it is. Like, honestly, like I'm going to go into this. And like, like the, if what I take away from this, if it isn't biased and anything like, and or anything like that, then what we're gonna come away with that like maybe Derek Chauvin wasn't racist. And I'll tell you what, that's a good thing, and here's mm-hmm. why: that is one of the best things that we could take away from this. And if more people watch it, that they could take away from it too, because if we find out that Derek Chauvin wasn't a racist. And it was just because of bad policing, then perfect. Bad we training. Take, then we can take away the polarizing race factor out of this. And that what that tells me is if there's race wasn't involved in this at all, that you or I or Bell or any of our listeners or anyone, any Joe Blow walking down the street could find themselves in that same exact scenario, getting choked to death by police based on what they're trained to do. And the lack of training that they get. That's does that make sense? No, that's that's perfect. Yeah, because no, if 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 George Floyd was murdered by Shavon or Derek Chauvin, and race wasn't involved, then that means that could have happened to any of us. Mm. And I don't want to hear your oh, well, just obey the law, whatever. But even if you're not obeying the law, you still deserve your day in court. You still deserve to be 
treated innocent until proven guilty. And if race wasn't involved in this, then good. Let's stop. Let's stop the divisive uh, rhetoric of of devolving it to race. Let's talk about how our police need to have better training. Let's talk about how we need to get rid of qualified immunity. And let's talk about how we need to make sure that our police get a little bit more training than a hairdresser. Cause right now it's the opposite. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's good. That that's, that's a really good way to put it. That if, if race wasn't involved, it's that's a win. It, it should make it more easy to get across the point that the way we police in this country is fucking broken that police officers are essentially just a violence arm of the government and doesn't make every law they make is yeah the police are an extension an arm of the extension of every law because every single law in this country ultimately can lead to an arm holding a gun pointing it at you for breaking it It, no matter how trivial it is or what color your skin is right so yeah, that's that's going to be something. I don't. Corey and I are going to discuss this. We may we may even do like a short offshoot episode just based on our reaction to this film, um, or we'll be talking about it probably after the new year. I don't think we've completely decided on that yet. Um, but anyway, do we? Have, I, I think I think we're I think we're done here. I think we're done here. Th- I'm I'm done here, Dan. I'm done. I'm going to go in the living room and eat my food and read my emails. <laughs> All right, Corey, <laughs> tell the people where they can find us. <laughs> Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. For now, for now, because we only got a couple more episodes under this name before our big rebrand reveal. If, but I'm thinking if, honestly, if, if we get, if we get to it on time, <laughs> yeah, we're not we don't get paid for this. We're just doing our best. Um, I'm pretty sure though that like on all these different pages, I could just change the name. So like, if you're already following on this page, it'll just change and you'll still you won't be have to do anything. <sighs> for Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos. He, as always, has been Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Kwanzaa. And Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know any of the other holidays. I'm just going to encompass them all with a little Happy Holidays. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, stay oh, tuned. That's a real for- good one, bud. Stay tuned for our year in review for 2023 and also our predictions for 2024. Until next time, it's been Libservative, and we are out of here. We the people cannot end that.